Good morning. The scripture reading today comes from three sections of the Bible. Please follow along on the bottom of your screen. Numbers 13, verses 1 and 26 through 33. The Lord said to Moses, They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with them said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Numbers 14, verses 1 through 4 and 20 to 24. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taking us plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. The Lord replied, I have forgiven them as you asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live, and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. Not one who treated me with contempt will ever see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land and he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Joshua 14, 6 through 12. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal and Caleb son of Jephunneh and Kenizzite said to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land, and I brought him back a report to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. So on that day, 
Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God, my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now, give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and the cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. This is the many words of God. Good morning, you mercy. Praise the Lord. God is good. Hope you are doing well. Uh, it's just a joy to be worshiping with you uh, this Sunday morning. Thank you for joining us. For those who are maybe with us for the first time or happen to find us on one of our worship platforms, we also extend a warm welcome to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please uh, just check out our website. Uh, there are a lot of info uh, on our website, if you need anything that we could help uh, support or connect with you, please do uh, reach out to us. Uh, we are continuing on with our sermon series. So for the month of August, we've been going through this sermon series called uh, The Stories of God's Faithfulness. Stories of God's Faithfulness. And the different pastors have been taking either minor characters or minor stories, or, you know, these sometimes uh, side characters or smaller characters in the Bible. And we are trying to highlight how God is still faithful in the midst of these people and the stories. Uh, you know, I think sometimes we all feel like this. We, you know, we feel like a side character in a, like a big story, or sometimes we lose our value or significance, or at times I think we feel just, just like, like a nobody, uh, right, often, especially I think this season. But yet we want to make sure the truth of God's presence, He is still with us. He is fully committed to us. And even in the midst of those dry and low seasons, that we can still see how God is good, how God is with us. He's our good, good Father. So we pray for God's truth, God's true just blessings over you this particular Sunday morning. May He anoint just you and your home, your families uh, this day. So thank you once again for being with us today. Today I'm taking the text from uh, Numbers chapter 14 and also Joshua chapter 14. And we're going to look at the story of the Israelites. And within this context, it's a very familiar story, uh, but uh, we want to highlight one character in this story. Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't know if you ever thought of um, what are those like defining moments in your life, right? Or like pivotal moments that you faced up to this point in your life. You know, if, for me, when I think about my life, you know, like 40 something years of my life, uh, definitely there are many, many moments. Uh, I think I did this exercise once, uh, this like leadership training kind of thing, where they made me write out all the uh, significant moments that anything I could remember in a post-it and chronologically literally wrote out all those moments. And there was about 45 something-ish uh, things that I could think of, you know, you know, like, I don't know, some, somebody did think something to me in kindergarten, uh, my first like fifth, fifth grade party or like some hanging out with my friends. Uh, of course, you know, 
meeting Lisa, getting married, you know, going to college, or like you know, all these pivotal moments, having children. Uh, and I was writing it out. But one thing I found interesting was uh, a lot of these moments, uh, it always involved a, a decision that I had to make, right? So uh, it was part of some kind of a decision, uh, you know, of definitely like, you know, like, deciding to uh, commit to your spouse, right? Marrying your spouse or uh, choosing what kind of career path, that first job that you, you get to pick or to choose, you decided on, uh, school. And there are a lot of these big moments usually hinges upon a decision that is to be made. You know, today's story in Numbers chapter 14, this is one of, I think, the most pivotal moments in Israelites' journey. So, Again, to bring a little bit of quick context of this story in Joshua chapter 14, uh, Numbers chapter 14, excuse me. Israelites, they make it out of Egypt. Remember, God in his mighty, faithful, just amazing presence uh, brings the 10 plagues. And then Pharaoh finally relents and they come out of Egypt. They cross the Red Sea. Now they're in the desert going towards the promised land. This promised land that uh, milk and honey, you know, a lot of descriptions of what God had in store for them, what they deserved, what God uh, wanted to gift them with. This is a promise since Abraham. And finally, they're at the cusp. So they can't come out of Egypt. And it takes them about, a lot of scholars say, maybe a year has passed. So this is the first time coming out, Ten Commandments, all the stuff. They're still fighting in the desert and all that stuff. But they, they're going towards, about to enter in for the first time to the, to the promised land. They're only about a year out from Egypt. And uh, at this time, Moses, he uh, asks the 12 tribes to bring out one person each, one representative each, and they want to send 12 people into the promised land to to scope it out. So they're the famously known as the 12 spies, right? You, you, some of you guys, you grew up in, with this story. Uh, Numbers chapter 13, 14. So Moses is sending out the 12 spies into the land, and this is the context today. And these 12 spies go in, and it takes them 40 days. So this you know, Canaan, the new promised land is huge. So they go from the south to the north and they journey through and thoroughly really check out this new promised land. It takes them 40 days. And all the names of these spies are mentioned here. Um, and two of them, famous, the two that we know of are Joshua and Caleb, right? Joshua and Caleb. So the 12, they come back after 40 days and all the Israelites, they're gathered. Finally, they're about to hear what, what is in store for them in this promise. What's the big deal? And they come back and everyone is excited. And they finally uh, tell them the stories of the promised land. And the 12 spies, they all agree. This is an amazing, amazing land. Rich soil, uh, you know, literally flowing with milk and honey. Uh, they bring sample fruits, these humongous fruits, and uh, people are all excited. But the problem uh, comes about where uh, not everyone agrees what they should do next. So once again, this, I think, is one of those pivotal moments in Israelite history. Yes, we agree this land is amazing but I don't think we could go in and take it. So the 10 spies, they bring very negative, discouraging, fearful uh, words to the assembly. And that 
communication, that wording uh, seeps through the Israelite community and everybody still, everyone's beginning to mourn. And some people get angry, some people get really scared. And if you read the whole context, chapter 13, 14, 15, uh, this is when actually Israelites, they decide as a majority uh, not to continue to pursue into the promised land. But there were two people, Joshua and Caleb, particularly Caleb, uh, he stands up and he says, no, yes, this land is, is awesome, but also, and yes, this land has giants and a lot of strong fortified cities. They look even advanced than who we are, but yet we believe this is the promise of God. And God told us to go and take it. So let's go. Let's go and let's go take it right now. So that was Caleb and Joshua, same thing. Joshua, son of Nun, you know, he supports and he's like, we could take this. It is going to be a challenge, but the Lord is with us. And this is what God had promised us. This is the fulfillment of the promise. We were meant to go in and take it right now. But the majority, again, once again, they bring a lot of just fear, uh, a lot of um, uh, words to discourage the people and people start mourning uh, and as this is happening we see the Lord coming and God is now angry did you know that this was the moment actually the Lord decided that no one over the age of 20 so the first generation that came out will ever see the land why because they did not trust in the promises of God that this was meant for them. Yes, it was true. There are a lot of different people groups already living in this land, and some of them were even giants. So I think uh, this today's the text kind of talks about it. These uh, these these people group uh, that were living, especially the area where Caleb visited, Hebron. There were these known famous uh, giants who were living there. I mean, we don't know historically. People say they were like. Uh, you guys know Goliath, right? David and Goliath. So Goliath apparently comes from this lineage. They're like 10 feet tall people. I mean, Bible says it's true, so we believe it. Amen. Uh, 10 feet people, they're living in this area and no one could touch them. They're, they're like famously known, uh, fortified city in Hebron. Hebron was a high mountain, on a high mountain. Uh, and people were scared. The Israelites were scared, so they couldn't do it. So now they want to go back to Egypt. They start crying and mourning. I mean, there's the whole description here in Numbers chapter 14. Uh, so the Lord, once again, he gets really angry. And, he, and it was this pivotal moment when Israelites' faith changes. And from this point on, the 40 years of wandering in the desert starts. Uh, when you really read this, and you know, as I was studying this text this week, this came to mind. You know, God never intended uh, the Israelites to, first of all, not go in and wander for 40 years. But even the 40 years, you know why it was 40 years? Because God never says, I'm going to uh, make you wander for 40 years. It wasn't a set number. It became 40 years. Why? Because he says, no one over the age of 20 will get in. So until the last one, last person who's over the age of 20, the first generation died, basically they kept on wandering. So that took them 40 years. And the Lord said only two people will see it, not even Moses. Two people, two people from the first generation will enter in. And that was Joshua, who eventually became the next leader after Moses. And this person that we want to highlight today, his name was Caleb. Caleb. Um, he was like, 
Robin to Batman, you know, Joshua being Batman and he was Robin. We know of Caleb because of the stories of the spies, right? Even from children's Sunday school, we hear about the, the 12 spies and two in the Joshua and Caleb. But detail, I don't know if you ever really studied or thought of the life of Caleb because he is also a side character in a sense because Joshua is so highlighted and, and he should be. He's an amazing just man after the Lord, Joshua, the second leader of Israelites uh, after Moses. But also I think Caleb, deserves uh, our attention also. There are many truths that we could learn, we can learn from this man, Caleb. Uh, today, the text that I want to highlight is just one text today. is Numbers chapter 14, 24. I'm just going to read for us one more time. And from this one verse, we're going to just glean three truths about Caleb and maybe something that we could learn about Caleb. Numbers chapter 14, verse 24. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Amen. So here, God actually appears and um, uh, addresses uh, why Caleb was different and special. And the three things that we see from this verse, number one is Caleb was a man with a different spirit. Caleb was a man, Caleb was a person with a, with a different spirit. Some, there was something different about him. Since we have the board, I'm just going to write it. Last time I did this, I got some comments, so I'm going to try to do a better job. Okay. First, Caleb was a man of a different spirit. What does it mean to have a different spirit? So in the midst of what is happening right now, one of the greatest, just most pivotal, important, significant moments of the Israelites after coming out of Egypt, uh, the majority, everyone basically is now going negative, going saying, we can't do this. It's impossible for us to go in right now. They're giants in the land. We're going to die. Why did God take us out? to kill all our family, our children. And that was actually at the, at the one of the heart of the, the, the Israelites. You know, you're going you're gonna to just wipe us all out. We're going to all die. There's no chance for us to go in. There are giants living there. But Caleb, God says, you know, he was different. Why? Because he has a different spirit. Uh, you know, when you study this word, this phrase, different spirit, it means also in some translations translated as he had a different attitude or a different tone, different mindset. See, Caleb had a different mindset. He had a different attitude. And I think it came from a conviction of his heart. See, the life of Caleb is so interesting. We don't really see too much of Caleb directly in the Bible. And that's why he's one of the side characters to Joshua usually. But we know later on in Joshua chapter 14, when Joshua is old and you know, he's about to uh, uh, basically lot out all the land, the conquered land to the tribes of Israel. Caleb, we see another uh, picture of Caleb coming forth. Uh, and we could see this man he was a bold man. He was a man who was committed before the Lord. You know, see, for me, when I, when I think about people like Caleb, who has a different spirit, 
you know, it doesn't mean like there's like a different, like a spirit or, or Holy Spirit inside. But it's not that kind of spirit. But again, it means there's something, some kind of a different mindset. Just the way that Caleb looked at the world was different. Even when everybody, majority, favored something, he knew what was in the conviction of his heart. He knew, his, he knew of his God. He knew the promises of God, the truth of God. And since God said, I will be with you, we are able to go in and conquer it. See, he had a different mindset, different spirit. You know, today, once again, in our context too, in this COVID world, uh, so many times, so often, uh, I think we could get, just get sucked into the same spirit as the world. And I'm not talking about let's be rebels and, you know, let's do crazy things just for the sake of being crazy or being rebellious. But that's not what it is. But I think the truth of it is that we also need to continually check our hearts. You know, Lord, you know, as, as men and women of God, as daughters and sons of God, you know, am I really fully living this life today, even in this context today, with a different spirit? You know, not the spirit of the world, not the attitude of the world. Not the tone of this world, but Lord, uh, in your, through your spirit, through, by your presence, that may I see the world differently. When people say you know, things just only by just fear-drivenness or uh, why we cannot do certain things anymore because of our context, is it, is it, was it, was it possible to see things through the eyes of God? Uh, and, I, and I think really Caleb really, I think, just encourages us to continue to challenge even ourselves. You know, Lord, test us whether we have a, also a different spirit, a different attitude. And I think ultimately this attitude was this attitude of faith, his spirit, the spirit of faith. He, not on himself, but he really trusted in the Lord, trusted in the promises of the Lord, right? You know, if you think about Caleb, just go a little bit further. Caleb, a lot of scholars agree, wasn't, a direct Israelite, meaning he wasn't a pure Israelite. We see from the descriptions how people describe Caleb later on too. Uh, but some scholars think he could have came from a mixed marriage uh, from an outsider a long time ago, maybe his dad, his grandfather. Uh, but yet somehow he was part of the tribe of Judah. Uh, so he, we know that he was, uh, he was, he was, you know, well embraced into the community and he was part of the tribe of Judah, but yet he did not start off as a pure Israelite. And also we know later on Joshua chapter 14, he says he's about 85 years old back later, Joshua chapter 14. So it took a 40 years. So about right now, as he, as they're coming out of Egypt, he's about 40 years old. So that means he was also born in slavery in Egypt. He was a little child when uh, Egyptians were slaving over the Israelites. And maybe he witnessed all the you know, injustices and the pain and the torture of, of that uh, uh, lifespan of, the, of, a, of a slave season. But also he witnessed the miracles of God, the deliverance of God through the 10 plagues and, and the you know, stature and the power of Moses, how God used them. Uh, so I think Caleb really witnessed the lows and the highs and how God was faithful. And that was the man. So first thing was Caleb had a different spirit. Number two here, just going straight up, it says that Caleb was a man who was wholeheartedly, right? He follows me wholeheartedly. 
Uh, this is high praise from the Lord. Not many times the Lord directly tells a person this. But Caleb, not even Joshua, this was Caleb. It says that Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. It doesn't matter the context. It doesn't matter the season. But he is a man who follows me wholeheartedly. And I think that's, that's the second thing about Caleb, that he was... He was wholly committed. He was wholly committed. Um, and we see this once again uh, from the life of Caleb. From this point on, we see Caleb in Numbers chapter 14. Then once again, what happens is God gets really angry and God said, that's it. No one's going to experience the promised land. So it takes them 40 years. So Caleb, after spending 40 years of slavery, along with Joshua, uh, he's spending 40 years in the desert. Uh, with Joshua wandering around. Uh, and think about it, because God said only two adults will enter in, in the 40 years, he's witnessing all his peers, his parents, anyone who was over the age of 20, one by one, just die out. And think about that kind of life in the desert. Uh, I mean, if I was Caleb, I would be like, forget this, God. What is what's going on? Just that does not make sense. I'm not like one or two years, but for 40 years, a whole generation basically gets wiped out. And they're literally wandering in circles in the desert, right? I'm going to show a map a little later, the journey of the Israelites, but literally it was just crazy. They're going around and around, and uh, then the whole generation dies out. Yet in Joshua 14, as after they finally conquer and go into the promised land, 85 years old, it says uh, Caleb became 85 years old, and he shares how he indeed wholeheartedly, the word uh, is also could be translated as complete fidelity, uh, holy, uh, with all that he has. He, there was a, the word is, a, there's a sense of commitment, complete trust and commitment before the Lord, no matter what. And he anchored himself upon the promises of God. And for, 80, for 45 years, so until he was 85, he followed the Lord no matter what. And I think uh, today's generation, again, once again, in our context today, this was really challenging for me. You know, one Jay, one Jay Hudson, what does it mean for you in this context today to follow the Lord wholeheartedly? To follow the Lord with absolute uh, just, just commitment. What does that mean for you today? Uh, you know, I think there are two things that are difficult for me. One is just my heart just wanders a lot lately, right? I mean, there are so many distractions. Time is really slow. Um, so often I find myself watching too much TV, you know, too many Netflix things. And um, just time, I think, can be wasted a lot in many ways. Uh, and I, I see myself, I catch myself wandering a lot. And then I think the second big thing also is fear. In this season, there's a lot of fear. You know, what ifs? What if I catch it? What if my family catches it? What if my children catches it? What if someone passes away? What if, what if, what if, what if? A lot of fear. But one lesson that we need to, I think, also learn and be reminded in this whole context of this pivotal moment in Israelite's history, at the end of the day, what hindered them from entering into that promised land in the, that first 
in the first time was actually fear. It was unjustified fear because God clearly promised them, I know that there are giants. I know it is scary, but this is for you. This is a gift for you. This is a gift. And because of fear, the first generation never ever got to experience the promised land. And they just wasted 40 years just going in circles. Doesn't it feel like sometimes today, like we're just going in circles, and they ended up just dying out. And you know what, in the midst of this, the, the scary thing is, some thought that that was okay. Because if you read, you know, Numbers chapter 14, 13, 14, it says, we will rather die. We will rather, you know, we, we, why, did we take, why did you take us out from Egypt? We could just die in Egypt. See, they had no idea what God had in store for them. I mean, this, this promised land compared to the desert, it was like, you're just like eating, I don't know, like cereal all day. That's like the desert, nothing. And desert is, at least in my mind, it's, it's a buffet, right? I, I really miss shabu these days, all the Kenny shabu, but it's like going to a shabu compared to eating to like some dull cereal every day. Make it worse, oatmeal every day. And God's saying, no, the shabu is for you. This all-you-can-eat buffet is for you. But they're saying, no, we'd rather eat oatmeal for 40 days and just die. Why? At the end of the day, it was because of fear. One truth that uh, I felt like the Lord spoke really into my heart this week was, uh, fear cannot advance the kingdom of God. It was a, a pretty clear just wording that I, I witnessed this week was, you know, if you are fear-driven, if a community is, especially a community is just fear-driven, it cannot, it does not advance the kingdom of God. And I think especially in this season, yes, we need to be wise, we need to be discerning, but at the end of the day, we cannot be driven by fear alone. Uh, scripture says what? Uh, not by sight, but by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Uh, and I pray for that. I pray for just, Lord, upon my heart. You know, because, you know, honestly, I struggle with a lot of fear too. Um, there, all, you know, these fear, these things creep up, right? What ifs? What if this happens, this happens, this happens? But those moments, I need to check myself. Really, am I being driven by fear and this fear is leading me into a little hole where I'm picking cereal and oatmeal and just kind of in my little hole and just wandering uh, and get caught in that? Or Lord, give me that boldness, the spirit of Caleb, where I could wholeheartedly, once again, trust in you, commit to you, Father, that not by fear-driven, but really faith-driven, although I cannot see it, although I don't know, I confess, I'm scared, but yet let me take that step of faith because you are God. You are a powerful and good, good Father. So have placed my faith in you, in you, Father, not on the circumstances, not on what is happening. Uh, so we pray for that. And that was the spirit of Caleb. And lastly, quickly, we're going to just end with this today is, thirdly, here he says, uh, I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. I will bring him. So once again, this is 40 years before uh, Caleb actually gets to go in and witness the promised land. And yet God is promising Caleb. You know, Caleb 
the land that you saw as a spy. And remember, especially Caleb went to and went to see this place called Hebron, which was in a high uh, mountain side in one of the most attractive cities within the promised land. And Caleb actually got to step in it and saw it as a spy. And God is promising, you know, Caleb, one day I'm going to give this to you. You will inherit it. You know, it's so interesting because when you read Joshua chapter 14, 45 years later, uh, finally the Israelites are in the promised land. And the way that they divided up the land was actually they cast lots. So God said just cast lots and God just told them which part the tribes will take. So the 12 tribes, except the Levites, because Levites didn't have any land inheritance because their inheritance was God. Levites were priests. So except the Levites, everybody, all the tribes had land. Then uh, as the land was being divided, uh, Joshua chapter 40 today, what we read, Caleb actually comes to Joshua and reminds Joshua, Joshua, do you remember 45 years ago when the Lord through Moses told me that I will indeed inherit the land that I stepped on and give me this mountain. This is a very famous phrase uh, about Caleb. It says, give me this mountain. And Caleb asks for Hebron. It's so powerful. And I want to just end with this. You know, one thing about Caleb was, Caleb, I think, understood, Caleb understood of the, in the fulfillment of all of God's promises. Caleb understood the fulfillment of all of God's promises. See, I think there are moments when we understand the promises of God and you know, God is good and He wants to give us things and He has plans for our lives, but we, it usually comes in bits and pieces, right? He doesn't give us everything at once. Why? Because uh, just as a human being, um, time does something, right? We need to also continue to persevere and wait upon the Lord. And uh, when He sees fit at the perfect moment, right, He releases more of His promises. But the other side of this is sometimes we receive maybe like a small portion or some part of God's promises and we stop there. That's it. Oh, this was good enough. I tasted the Lord and God healed me or whatever, you know, and this is good, this is enough. Whereas God has so much more planned for us. See, when Caleb uh, entered the promised land, you know, he experienced the joy of witnessing his people, Israelites, also go in and finally receiving some land. Uh, and, you know, for most of the people, that could have been good enough. That's enough. That's good. Wow, we finally made it. We, we went through 45 years in the desert and five years of battle, uh, as even when they went, go in, went into the promised land. But now, finally, there's land, and that was good enough, but not for Caleb. Caleb, it says, remembered the promise, the full promise that God gave him 45 years ago. Caleb, you will one day inherit the land that you stepped on, which was Hebron. Isn't that crazy? And some people ask, why did Caleb want Hebron? And some scholars write, Caleb perhaps wanted Hebron because actually Hebron was the toughest city to conquer because Hebron was known to have these giants, these specific giants live there. And Caleb at 85 years old, he said, no, I want Hebron because I'm going to go and finish what God has started. And this is crazy, isn't the Bible crazy? So Caleb goes in to Hebron and he finishes what he could not finish 45 years ago because the people were scared. No, we cannot take those giants. 
But Caleb still remembered after all these years. Why? Because God said so. Because that was part of all the promise. The full promise was you will one day go in and conquer not just any land, but Hebron. And you're going to take it. I'm going to give it to you. And we see Joshua chapter 14. Uh, Caleb goes in. He says, I want that mountain. I want Hebron because God says so. And he takes it. And, and Joshua blesses him. And the same God works the same way in, in our lives, in the midst of our community. See, there are promises, but also there are, there, there are greater promises. There, there's a full promise that is still waiting. And I pray that we do not give up. We continue to persevere. Because in the desert, in the persevering, there are things that are happening, that we are growing. Our character is being built. We are being strengthened. And God will use that one day so that we can receive, we will receive the fullness of God. I pray for that. Thank you for, um, once again, just, just joining us and uh, persevering with us in this season. And as we close with our last song today, can we spend just a moment in prayer asking the Lord, even in this, this midst of this craziness today, we want that spirit of Caleb. Uh, we, want the, um, uh, we want a different spirit, Father, a different attitude, an attitude of faith. Lord, we want to continually wholeheartedly follow after you. It's hard, Father, but we want to wholeheartedly again recommit our lives to you. And lastly, Father, uh, remind us the fullness of your promise. Not just little pieces that we just settle into, but no, we learn, may we learn to uh, embrace all of your promises that still some more things are to come. More things are to come, even within your lives, but also in the life of just even our community, I pray for new mercy. There's more that God is desiring. There's more that God wants to give us uh, in the life of our church through the vision He has given us to be a church for the broken. So can we just spend a moment in prayer and let's close today.